0: Another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined as always by our Tribe beat writer Paul Hoynes. Paul, the World Series is over. The Washington Nationals are the World Champions. Jan Gomes and Drubal Cabrera, former Indians players, uh, getting rings this season. Uh, Michael Brantley, the the final out on a strikeout in game uh, game seven. Uh, what did you take away from the World Series, and, and what did you see when as the Nationals were were able to to Pull off an upset in a lot of people's minds,
1: you know, Joe. I thought, you know, obviously, Game Seven very exciting. Uh, you know, any any series that goes the distance is exciting. But I thought the first, to be honest, the first four games were pretty much yawners. You know, I thought, you know, they kind of ended quick. Uh, one team or the other uh, scored early, and it and it ended. But Game Six and Seven, you know, finally had some sizzle to it to me, and uh, you know, you had the. The interference call at first base in Game Six, which kind of you know fired the uh, the uh, uh, the Nationals up, and then you know Game Seven, you had a great start from Greinke, and uh, but the uh, Nationals just kept coming back. You know, five elimination games, five times they faced elimination, and five times they came through with a win. So it was you know well done for the ass uh, of the Nationals.
0: And and you've got big time performances by guys who are. Now free agents, uh, Garrett Cole for the Astros, Stephen Strasburg for the Nationals, Anthony Rendon for the Nationals. Uh, these guys came through with these monstrous performances in the postseason, and then it's perfect timing for them all to hit the, the free agent market. But as we've seen over the last two seasons, you know, the free agent market hasn't been kind to a lot of, a lot of veteran guys. Uh, do are we expecting guys like Cole and Rendon obviously at the top of the, the free agent market to still to still make their money and, and and get what's coming to them
1: yeah the guys the free agents at the top of the food chain always get paid and you know strasburg and and uh i i think strasburg can opt out i don't know he if already he already opted
0: out. out yeah yeah
1: so he can opt out cole you know, those guys are going to get paid. I mean, I think Strasbourg or Rendon, there's a chance one of those guys goes back to uh, the Nationals. And, uh, you know, you, you I, the thing I feel sorry for, I feel sorry for the fans, you know. And, and uh, you know, they're all, they're all geeked up about winning a, winning a World Series championship or either, even Houston having a great season. And then the day after the World Series, like the hour after the World Series, bang, these guys are, these guys are free agents. Like Cole, they're interviewing Cole, and Cole goes, I don't even work for, for the Nationals anymore. He had a Scott Boros hat on. He was like a race, you know, like an Indianapolis 500 winner. They were changing hats so fast on him. And, and they're gone, you know. It, it's, you know, in, in one way, you know, it, you, you, you know they, these guys work hard for it. They, you know, spend six years. You know, without free agency, but boy, reality really sets in fast, man.
0: Yeah, and it was at Strasburg uh, announced his decision to opt out and become a free agent the day of the Nationals uh, parade in Washington D.C. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty rough.
1: Yeah, that's that's cold, man. And it, I just, uh, it, I it, you know, the the time that that really hit me like when I think. Uh, this, go, this is going back, but uh, when Toronto won their second back-to-back uh, uh, World Series and, uh, you know, Dave Winfield had a big series, and the next day he's a free agent, you know, and that whole team kind of drifts away, you know, and you yep. got to start all over. It's just, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you, you you get caught up in the euphoria, but it, it ends pretty fast.
0: Well, and you think about it, like the the Florida Marlins, uh, you know, they go out and they win uh, a World Series, and then the the team gets completely dismantled uh, the next season because the the owner can't afford it. I, I mean, it's 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 the way the game is set up with, especially without a you know two words salary cap. You know, <laughs> yeah. without, without something like that, you're you're in a situation where you can you can maybe buy a championship one year but you're not going to be able to afford to sustain it.
1: And you know that I think that's uh um you know as much as the Indians get ripped for uh, you know not not having not spending uh, having a 200 million dollar payroll and you know not going all out for the big free agents. They do find ways to keep their teams together and I think you know those great 90s teams think how long they stayed together. Yeah, they they lost some key pieces along the way but the core of that, those clubs really were, were able to stay together. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we're, we're facing that kind of thing right now. Uh, they are uh, with Lindor, but uh, they've kept this team pretty much together, That's especially the starting pitching. All right.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the awards season now that we've hit uh, the end of the World Series. The Baseball Writers Association of America Awards finalists were announced on Monday. Uh, we're going to double back to the gold gloves here in a minute but uh the BBWA awards uh four major categories three finalists were announced in each category and maybe a little surprising to to some Indians fans who were expecting uh some of the players that had outstanding seasons to to get some level of recognition uh maybe as as a uh a third finalist candidate uh you know maybe not a favorite in a category to win but nobody on the Cleveland Indians uh finished as a finalist for any of the BBWAA awards. Uh Oscar Mercado uh shut out in the Rookie of the Year voting and Shane Bieber shut out in the Cy Young Award in the American League uh voting. The, those two in particular kind of stand out. Uh maybe you could have considered Carlos Santana, especially with the the way he he hit in the first half all the way through the the season as a as an MVP candidate, but that field was pretty loaded. And the ballots, you know, 10 deep on, on the, can, the MVP candidates. Uh, and certainly the job Terry Francona did as, as manager this year with all the injuries was, was worthy of recognition. But, it, it, you know, there are uh, a, a lot more and, uh, dare I say, a lot younger candidates uh, for, for that uh, position as well for manager of the year. So uh, what, just what were your thoughts on the Indians being shut out uh, at, the, at the BBWA awards?
1: You know, Joe, I, I wasn't that surprised. I, I, you know, I thought maybe Bieber could, could sneak in there. You know, I, I thought he had, you know, he had the he, to, to me, he had the, he had the best credentials, um, you know, so, uh, you know, that, that's the guy I was a little bit surprised at, but uh, you know, you know, you look at what uh, the the finals for the Cy Young, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander. Uh, you know, tough. Uh, that's 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 a pretty tough field to crack. You know, but I thought Bieber was just as just as good as Morton. I thought he had just as good a showing as Morton. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
0: it's funny, uh, AJ a- Hinch. I think after the uh, the American League Championship Series was in the clubhouse and giving a speech to the to the Astros, and he says. I, I don't know who the American League Cy Young Award winner is, but I know he's in this room right now. And it's pretty indicative of, of of where the the just the top two in that that yeah. race are
1: are. And that's are those two guys. I mean, God, what what they they both struck out over what 250 guys. Mm-hmm. And but you know, but that's where I thought Bieber, you know, did well. I mean, I think he had what do he have? 235. Two. He
0: was he had 259 strikeouts, yeah. and I think he was. Uh, third in the second or third in the no second he was second in the American League Uh, just you throw some numbers by uh, uh, Morton was 16 and 6 with a 3.05 ERA Bieber was 15 and 8 with a 3.28 ERA Uh, Bieber had a better uh, whip uh, walks and hits per innings pitched at 1.054 that was uh, you know pretty high I think it was second in the league Uh, Morton was 1.084 uh, both of them started 33 games. Beaver had 214 innings pitched. Uh Morton had 1 um, 194. Uh Morton had a higher WAR though according to Baseball Reference 5.0 uh and Bieber had a 4.9 WAR. Uh and I know a lot of a lot of voters tend to tend to look at that as you know if all things are equal who had the higher WAR.
1: Uh, they'll they'll look at that. So you yeah, know, you know, I'm I'm th- you know, I guess uh you know, Bieber, you know, really became the 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 ace of the staff when mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kluber went down and and Clevenger went down, and you know he really kind of stepped into that number one role. And for the, for that being his second year, you know, in the big leagues, uh, I thought that was uh, you know that should have carried some weight. But hey, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll finish in the top five in the voting. I would think. Right. Uh, and uh, we'll go from there. But this is a good stepping stone. He had a great season. And uh, I think he put his, you know, definitely, I think he, he'll, he made an impression on voters that, you know, hopefully he follows this up with another strong season and we'll see what happens.
0: Boy, winning the, winning the world series, or I'm sorry, the all-star game MVP really doesn't carry any weight with these voters. What the heck?
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't right. Get it.
0: Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, the other, you talk about injuries and, and what Bieber had to overcome on the staff. Morton had to overcome injuries on the staff too. I mean, Tyler Glasnow yeah. and, and Blake Snell both went down and and the, the Marlins, or I'm sorry, the, geez, the Marlins, the, uh, the Rays, uh, they made the playoffs and the Indians didn't. So right.
1: And yeah, that, that probably, yeah, that probably that has. Probably has a scale.
0: factor there as well. Yeah. Uh, and just a quick look at Mercado versus Brandon Lau. Uh, the the finalists for the rookie of the year, Brandon Lau, um, Jordan Alvarez, who I think is the runaway winner in the, the category. Yeah. I don't, I, I think, you know, Throwing any anybody else a vote uh, in for second or third is just sort of a, a recognition of hey these were the top guys because because Alvarez is going to win it and win it pretty much unanimously I think uh, as as the rookie of the year uh, Mercado a two point two WAR uh, low was Lau I'm sorry Lau was two point nine uh, he did miss uh, about seventy games with an injury uh, but he was an All Star the first half of the year. Uh, Mercado didn't come up until May. Had 118 hits, uh, 15 home runs. Lau, even though he missed 70 games, had uh, you know 80 hits, 17 home runs, 51 RBIs. Uh, he, I pretty much, that, that's a, a maybe even a little closer than Morton and uh, and Beaver for, for, yeah. for this vote. But but you know that's that's who that's who that's who the voters went with.
1: Yeah, and and, and who uh, John Means, uh, John Means uh, the lefty yeah. from Baltimore, won night You know, I I guess that's a consolation prize. I don't know, Baltimore didn't do anything else. <laughs> so,
0: and, and you're talking about John Means as a as a guy who was uh, rumored to be on the trading block, you know, yeah, I and mean, at the trade deadline, which was kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, so I I don't know if. The, if but you know and I think maybe probably maybe Mercado got overlooked a little bit maybe because you, you know he did come up in May but anybody who saw him play from the time he you know kind of established himself in center field had to be impressed I mean you know he really saved them I I thought he gave the outfield some stability you know he made some rookie mistakes but still he, he you know solidified that number 2 spot and you know, I think there's a lot to be said for him
0: yeah Uh, as far as the MVP race, uh, Carlos Santana, you know, for most of the season looked like an MVP candidate for the Indians. Did he did sort of, uh, you know, drop off there in August and September, uh, the batting average, uh, you know, wasn't as high the, uh, the, um, uh, the OPS, you know, maybe necessarily wasn't as high, but he still had a career year. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly among the Indians players, he was the MVP, but, uh, as far as the the american league you know mike Trout, alex bregman and marcus simeon, the finalists uh, i think all pretty pretty much deserving of that that recognition
1: yeah yeah i think so and i i know uh um well, why you know i voted i i you know i had a, a m v p ballot i won't tell you exactly who i voted for but i i did vote for uh, carlos but it was it was down on the ballot uh and uh i thought uh uh d j lemay who you know deserved to be in the top three. Uh, the Yankees second baseman, or really kind of who played all over. Uh, Simeon uh, was was a surprise to me. I I know i not a surprise, but I'm surprised he he finished. You know, in the top three. I I, I voted for him. I think I voted I I voted I voted fourth. I voted him fourth. So I mean, obviously, some you know lots of people liked it, liked the the job he did. I think he had what an 8.1 WAR. Or, something like you know, he was close. Yeah, he, but, was, uh, he
0: was close to the top of the league in, in war
1: total. And he had, you know, over thirty home runs. And you know, I remember this guy four or five years ago when he couldn't catch a ground ball at shortstop. He made thirty I don't know how many errors he made, but he was he was struggling at shortstop. So he's you know, he's come a long way. He's he's really improved.
0: Well let's talk about errors and uh, you know, and who who made them and and who necessarily didn't make them this year. The uh, the gold gloves were announced on Sunday night, and the Indians were well represented there. Uh, Francisco Lindor uh, coming back and winning his second gold glove in his career, uh, beating out Anderson Simmons, uh, who had won the last two at shortstop uh, in, in the American League, uh, and Roberto Perez coming through. I think Roberto Perez is the, is the feel-good story of the offseason for the Indians in terms of every time he gets any sort of recognition or, or, or an award, uh, how can you not pull for this guy who, who waited, bided his time, and and came through in a in a big way in his first full year as the the starting catcher? Uh, talk about just how he uh, he not only did he lead all of baseball according to the saber defensive metric, which is one of the components used in figuring out the the Gold Glove Award, but he led in defensive runs saved uh, all of baseball and his i think his caught stealing percentage was you know it was over 40% he had uh, just an amazing defensive year for an Indians catcher oh i
1: yeah you know, i couldn't agree more joe i mean he had he had like one he had 118 games maybe 100 one was at dh and uh, the others you know he he was he was either at started at, at catcher or was you know came in late and yeah, catcher, and no, no pass balls. I mean, that's that's amazing to it's me. The only
0: the only other player in baseball history to catch at least a hundred games and not have any pass balls was Johnny Bench.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you're like, that's you say Johnny Bench. I mean, you're in you're pretty elite company right there. But I, I thought he, you know, he had a great year, and he, you know, he did it both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, had had his best offensive year. And Like you said, Joe, this is a guy that waited for five, six years, you know, splitting time with uh, Jan Gomes and even playing behind Jan Gomes, and coming off just a miserable season in in two thousand eighteen, uh, where you know he was he was so frustrated he he had to go to winter ball to get enough at bats to try to rediscover his swing. So uh, you know, just uh, just you know, he he earned it. You know, he 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 worked at it. He he improved and. Uh, we all knew he he could he was a good defensive catcher, but I don't think we knew just how good so he he really played well and uh and like you said, he controlled the running game over forty per, he threw out for over forty percent of the uh, base stealers he faced so just you know he did a great job he really did
0: yeah i i think just as a as a whole, I think the Indians only gave up something like there's ridiculous like seventeen stolen bases like all season i that's indicative of the, the the trend in baseball, where where teams just don't steal anymore. But it's also just the fact that teams don't steal on Roberto Perez, and and that's just you, you don't run on him. It wasn't the case all year.
1: And you know, like you, you've, I think you got to take into account. You know, he was catching a staff that really changed, especially the rotation. You know, when Clevenger and Kluber go down, and and Carrasco. gets sick, sick. he's he's catching basically, what, uh, Plisak and and, uh, Savali, two guys that uh, I don't think weren't even in big league camp, so he'd never caught them before. And both those guys really pitched well. You know, Bieber had, you know, a breakout year. Um, You know, Plutko comes up and does a solid job as a fourth and fifth guy. You know, uh, so I thought, you know, you know, and then when Clevenger came back he was like he he almost had ace stuff you know so you know he did a great job and you like uh, i think you did a story with all the you know the uh the the twitter on all the tweets about from his from his pictures you know and you know just congratulating him and it tells you you know what a good relationship they have and you know i you know except for for uh, Trevor Bauer and they traded Bauer i mean I remember talk every pitcher I talked to, and we talked to after games. You know, they said, and they had a good game, or good game or bad game. You know, they said they never shook Perez off. They just trusted Perez with uh, you know running a game, and and it certainly worked out. They had what the third best, or the rotation had the third best DRA in, in 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 the American League.
0: Yeah, it'd be funny to go back and, and look and, and see how many times uh you know a pitcher throughout a game would sh- would shake uh, Perez and. It's- like you said, it's probably not very much at all, uh, especially the guys like Savali and Klesak, who, you
1: yeah, know, it's exciting
0: because now you get to look forward to what what those
1: guys can do next year. And, and Bauer would shake off Johnny Bench, maybe even God if he was catching <laughs> yeah. behind the plate. So so that's that's the exception rather than the rule. Bauer
0: would shake off God. There's your quote for the uh, the week right there. Uh, so, yeah, and, and let, you know, let's not forget uh, Francisco Lindor. Uh, and, and what he's able to do. Uh, I think, uh, you know, just sitting there watching as many games next to you as as I do in the press box, there, there's always something that uh, Lindor is, is able to do in a game once in a while that that just makes you sort of, you know, back away, shake your head, and, and, and you know, just, just be in complete disbelief with the way he, he controls the middle of the field for the Indians.
1: Just, I thought this was his best – uh, defensive year, Joe. I mean, you know, when he first came up, he he kind of overwhelmed you with the flash of it, you know, just the the great plays and and the athleticism. But I thought this was his steadiest, steadiest year. Uh, you know, I, I I think we've talked about this before with the, with the change in the pitching staff because of the injuries. You know, they went from you know a, a team that struck out everybody and very few balls, you know, not a lot of balls in play to you know there were more there was more action. On the infield this this past season, and he really, you know, he he just, you know, he makes that bounce throw so well. He, he makes the throws in the hole well. He turns he turns the double play. There's nothing he doesn't do uh, uh, defensively. I I thought this was really a, a solid, you know, a you know, just a a solid professional year from from a guy that that you know is one of the the best defenders in baseball.
0: And you know we spent so many years, and the gold standard for pretty much any Indians fan now is going to be Omar Vizquel at, at short, and, and the work that he did there. We spent so long watching the the changes and, and just the the different way that Omar played short. You know he would catch pop ups with his back to the infield. It just different things like that. I think what I'll take away, you know, when eventually Lindor is gone, and that that day is coming soon, and we'll talk about that later. But, uh, you know, is, is that bounce throw? Is that how he sort of perfected that and, and utilized that? I think more than, than any other player I've seen before. Uh, is the, the important thing to Lindor is to get rid of the ball quickly after you field it. And it doesn't matter if you, you can't make a, you know, a cannon throw straight through the first baseman, as long as you get, release it quick and get a, an accurate. You know, throw on a bounce. Santana's going to pick it on the other end, and and you're going to get the out.
1: Yeah, and and uh, you know he's he's got a stronger arm than than Omar. And uh, the the thing that knocks me out about the bounce pass, I mean the bounce the bounce throw, the bounce he does it on turf on natural grass. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly when you see it, it's on usually on artificial turf. I mean, that's what that's where I first saw it. You know, and I thought that you get a truer hop, but you know he trusts. He trusts – one, he trusts his, his own arm and accuracy so much, and he trusts, uh, you know, Santana over at first base. So it's 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 a great play to watch. It really is. It's well, great. and you only
0: got, what, two turf fields and all, Ameri- all the American yeah. league? So it's yeah. not like uh, he's got all that many opportunities for it. So, yeah, no, definitely the uh, the two-go the gloves won by the Indians uh, um, this past week, uh, uh, certainly something to hang your hat on uh, for the organization, uh, Lindor and, and Perez among the best defenders in the game. Uh, all right, do we have any questions this week?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do, Joe.
0: Let's, uh, let's do two this week, and then uh, we've got some, okay. some news to finish up with.
1: This is from John Piper from Bloomdale. And uh, looking at the free agent second baseman, uh, Starling Castro would be worth looking at. I don't think that he will command big money. He's very underrated. Should we should the Indians kick the tires on Joe Panic? What do you guys think?
0: Uh, I thought Joe Panic was a name that you know during the season. I, I thought maybe if there were you know any any trades or anything, or if he, if they could sign him uh, after he was released a couple of times, I thought maybe that was a possibility. But uh, again, I don't think the Indians are going to be spending all that much, if anything, on uh, you know any new contracts in free agency. So. Even a, a Starlin caster who I agree would would probably not command the sixteen million dollars that he made last year, um, I, I still don't think they're in the in the position to be spending too much money at all.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know I think there's plenty of second basemen out there, second baseman or third baseman, depending on which way they go. Um, and uh, I think they're they're going to play the waiting game. There's a bunch of guys out there, Joe. You've done a, a couple stories on them, Asdrubal Cabrera. There's you know, tons of guys out there, and I think they'll play the waiting game and and sign some guy in late December or, or early February, and uh, you know then uh, whatever position he plays, uh, Ramirez will go to the other go to the other spot and solidify that infield. Uh, and- the next question is from uh, Keith Elliott from Cleveland. Is there a way? The Indians can offer Lind- Francisco Lindor partial ownership of the team in order to keep him <laughs> in Cleveland. Hell, just rename the team after him. <laughs> wow! Make him an well, offer he can't refuse. Boy, uh,
0: we are. You can tell that the the fan base is is really coming to the realization that that Lindor is going to be gone sometime between <laughs> now and the end of the twenty twenty one season because. They are throwing up some crazy ideas about you know what what can and could happen I, uh, offering him ownership Wow, I, the only way you, you you offer a piece of ownership of the team is if this if, is if a person invests in the team like John Sherman did
1: yeah.
0: you know, Give them uh, you know thirty million dollars or whatever to go out and, and sign free agents it doesn't work the other way around that's not how it works yeah there's, there's, there's no
1: equity. Yeah, Joe. I looked this up. There's actually a rule against that. <laughs> there, uh, you, you know, the, in the uh, basic, you know, the uh, the basic agreement, there's a rule that prevents a manager or or a player from owning a share of the team unless you get special approval from the commissioner. And this goes back to the days of uh, Rogers Hornsby, who who. Uh, Played for the Cardinals, and you know was was given a share of the team, a couple of shares of the team, and then he kind of wore out his welcome, and uh, he got traded, and uh, you know uh, Mountain uh, Mount Kenesha- 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 Mountain Kennesaw Mountain Landis way. ruled that he had to sell his shares, but the Cardinals tried to lowball him, and he you know so he wouldn't sell the shares, and so every team in the National League had to kick in to give. Uh, to give Rogers Hornsby fair value. And that's where the fair value for his shares. So that's where the rule that prevented the players from not being able to own a share of the team comes in.
0: Well, I've, I've got two questions here. Uh, one, Hornsby, what was it like to cover the press conference for that trade? I just <laughs> want, I just know. Uh, secondly, uh, why, why does anybody think that, Francisco Lindor would want to own, would want to become partial owners of a team that's not making money. The Indians don't, they're, they're, they're not turning a profit. What? Well, we, that's what they say, right? What's the, <laughs> sense? What's the sense in offering him a share of a team that doesn't make money? I don't, I don't. Oh my God. Oh, I, I get it. I, I get it. You guys want to throw every idea out there because you're desperate because this guy is a generational player and he's, He's a delight to watch. We watch him every day playing, and and you know it's it's like LeBron leaving. You know it's going to happen. So just sort of steer into the swerve here, guys. Just be, get ready for it because it's coming, and it might come this off season. So who knows? All right. Uh, I, well, okay. We needed a little bit of that comic relief. I, I, that that's good. That that's really good. Uh, hey. Uh, For sure, we know uh, at least one player is coming back. Uh, Well, maybe he'll be back, but the the Indians announced that they picked up the – officially picked up the option on Corey Kluber. It's something they said that they were going to do at the end of the the regular season. They declined the options on Jason Kipnis and Dan Otero. Uh, Later on, uh, during the week – or earlier this week, they announced – that they had activated all those players off the 60-day DL, put them on the 40-man roster. This is all like housekeeping stuff ahead of the, the Rule 5 draft at the, at the winter meetings. The, the big news coming out of that was that after they activated Danny Salazar, Tyler Olson, uh, A.J. Cole, and uh, Cody Anderson, uh, they optioned them back and basically released all three. So the, the Danny Salazar era in Cleveland has come to an end
1: yeah and uh you know we we could see this coming uh Joe I mean this is a guy uh you know I feel bad for Danny i really do i i boy, I remember in two thousand thirteen when he made his big league debut and he was you know thrown close to a hundred miles an hour he struck out seven or eight uh Toronto Blue Jays through six seven scoreless innings i mean you, you know you it just looked like the sky was the limit for this guy He starts a wild card game that year um but he, you know, he was, he had he had that, you know, he he had Tommy John surgery early in his career, and really the elbow kind of came back, but it really never came back to, and it, you know it didn't seem like he he always, you know, there was always something in the back of his mind that he he thought he he's going to get hurt again. Then he had the shoulder problems the last two years. Uh, he was well compensated, I'll say that, but uh, you know you get hurt you get hurt. And, uh, you know, that, that's uh, why, you know, uh, a guy like I remember uh, Mark Shapiro said, you can't have, you can't have just one or two pitching prospects or prospects overall. You've got to have waves of them because the game does take a toll on players. I hope Danny comes back. I really do. Wherever he lands, I think he'll probably get another shot because you just don't uh, turn your back on an arm like that. But, I think the Indians you know they they went they went the extra mile for this guy trying to get him back trying to rehab him he had surgery so that was that was a tough one and you know I, I I'm I'm wondering if you know maybe Olsen or Cole or Cody Anderson maybe they get a spring training invite to 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 uh Goodyear in yeah. February we will have to see how that works out but uh, you know I, you know Cole I mean Cole you know is an intriguing guy to I me mean, throws hard his numbers weren't that bad strikes people out and they loved Cody Anderson, but you know, Cody's had what, two operations. He hasn't thrown a whole lot. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that that second operation this year was was pretty much the end for, for Cody Anderson with the Indians. Uh, like you said, Cole had good numbers. I, I that would be an interesting uh, to see if he gets any other offers, but maybe come back here and uh, when they're out in Arizona uh, Tyler Olson sort of just really, really fell off the map at, at one point this season. He pitched in like 40 games and, you know, it wasn't terribly ineffective, but uh, all of a sudden he's he's got shingles and he's on the, the injured list for the rest of the season and we, you know, we never saw him again.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and I, I wonder if this, if these new rules go into effect, Joe, where, you know, you can, uh, a relief pitcher or any pitcher entering a game has to face at least three batters or, you know, come in and get the third out or whatever, uh, if that would affect him as being he's, he's, he's mostly effective as a left-on-left guy. And, right. uh, you know, you wonder if that's going to hurt him or, you know, he's really going to have to change his game and, and and prove that he can get, you know, lefties and righties out.
0: Okay. The other news uh, coming yesterday, uh, the announcement that uh, Sky Anderchek has been promoted to assistant general manager and, uh, you know, about five other guys within the baseball uh, operations and the player development uh, sort of side of things, Uh, reshuffled, uh, you know, new titles, doing pretty much, uh, you know, the same type of work, but, uh, you know, maybe just a recognition and a hat tip to the job that those guys did. This past season, you're talking about guys like uh, Alex Eckelman, Matt Blake, who work closely with the pitchers and the hitters, and and were are really sort of the guys who uh, Terry Francona mentioned every time a guy like Oscar Mercado came up and had success, or Zach Plesac and Aaron Savali were ready to to sort of step in at, at the major league level. Uh, James Harris, another name uh, of a guy who who moves over as as a vice president of player development, Victor Wang. Uh, is is involved in more player acquisition sort of uh stuff. So, uh you know the the Indians front office player development uh areas are are basically being solidified and recognized for for what they did this past year.
1: Yeah, and I think they had to make a, a probably a change, you know, by promoting uh Ruben Niebla to an assistant pitching coach, you needed a minor league co- pitching coordinator. I think that's Matt. It sounds like that's Matt Blake. I, I don't yeah. know, just by reading the release and, and Eckelman's a guy that, you know, played triple A ball and, you know, couple, about three or four years ago traveled with the team every day. He was a coaching assistant, you know, broke down the scouting report. So he's worked his way through the system. Good guy, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, Sky is, you know, he's the number, he's the uh, baseball researcher, man. He's <laughs> the guy that does, uh, crunches all the numbers and, uh, and obviously, you know, they believe in him. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big step for him. So good for him.
0: All right. Last thing before we go, we want to uh, make sure we recognize and, and give a shout-out to our boy Tom Hamilton, uh, a finalist for the Ford C. Frick Award, uh, which will be announced before the, the, the winter meetings there uh, coming up in December. This is, uh, you know, anybody who grew up in Cleveland, lived through the 90s and, and listened to the Indians, uh, knows already that that hammy's a hall of famer but you know this is a guy who you you bump into him in the hallway before a game uh you know on the road or wherever and he just he, he makes you feel like you're an important person he's a he's a great guy and just fun to be around uh i can't think of a better guy to get into the hall of fame than than tom hamilton uh you know just your thoughts when you when you saw Hammy on the on the ballot for the the Frick award
1: yeah i thought much much deserved joe i hope he gets in you know hammy's got such a great uh hit. just you know i love listening to him on on, on the uh, on the air i just love listen he's well prepared and he it's uh you know you could tell he loves it you know and he just he gets you fired up listening to the games like sometimes i'll go back and uh listen to some of his calls just uh you know if you're if you're dragging that day or something I love I love the Giambi call in 2013 (laughs) at the end of the year when he hits the when he hits the, the game winning home run in 2000 and you know when they and they that started that streak where they won the last 10 games I just I you know he just he just fired you up and uh if uh you know I think uh you know just to have that you know to have you know to be able to, you know, I grew up listening to Herbie Score and and uh, and, uh, when, and then Tom was his par- Herb's partner, and uh, you know, just uh, it's 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 just like you know that's what you should you, when you're driving around on a Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon during the baseball season. That you know that's that's what his voice reminds me of.
0: Yeah, that's summer. That's uh, you know that 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 takes you, you. You hear that and it takes you back immediately. It gives you that emotional response. I I, just walking the concourse during a game and, and Tammy's voice is piped through the the concourse at progressive field on, on the speakers, anywhere you go, any, any room you go into any, anywhere you walk for, for a, a, a drink or a pretzel or something like that, you're, you're hearing him and it's just, he's the soundtrack to your summer. And, and that's, you know, it's important to us to see a guy like Tom get into the hall of fame because it, it sort of validates all those all those positive good feelings that we get, you know, all the time when we hear them. Uh, so we'll look for that. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe there's a chance that somebody like Ken Harrelson, who's who just retired, I believe. Um, yeah, it's a tough know, field. It's a good he's, field. It's, it's a good field. Yeah, I think I think maybe he gets in, but again, because because Hammy's not slowing down. It's not like he's going anywhere anytime soon. I don't think, uh, and that the cycle that he's on with with eligibility. Is every three years, so you know. In another, in another two or three years, he'll be back on the ballot. I'm sure again, but at some point, Tom Hamilton will be in Cooperstown. That that's just, there's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely, I agree with you. Jim. All right, I, uh, well, hopefully, makes to another,
0: it this year. Talking to another guy who's you know probably going to be in Hall of Fame at some point. Uh, we would all hope, uh, Hoinze, uh We'll we'll see you there. But uh, let's get through the off season first. How about that? Hey, one step at a time. Once uh, to one
1: day at a time. <laughs>
0: there you go. All right, uh, Paul, good to talk to you again this week. We'll, we'll hit you back again uh, next week. As as all these award uh, winners are announced, we can talk about that. We can talk about anybody who signs up as a, as a free agent uh, where they're going to wind up. But we'll do that again next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.
1: All right, Joe. Thanks, man.